I'm Don Markholtz, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 52, for the week of December 30th, 2020. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, December 30th, the moon is big and bright and up all night. It will be one day past full moon, the fourth full moon in this calendar quarter, but the first full moon this month, so no one will be referring to this as a blue moon. By the end of the week, Tuesday, January 5th, the moon will be in the morning sky, rising about midnight and 60% full. As the sky darkens, we find Jupiter and Saturn low in the southwest, By the end of the week, you probably won't be able to see them anymore because they'll be too close to the sun and setting during evening twilight. They are not gone forever, for after they pass behind the sun in a few weeks, they will emerge into our morning eastern sky in late February and early March. By then, they'll be eight degrees apart, not having a conjunction with each other for nearly 20 years. Mars is high in our evening sky, while Orion in the winter Milky Way rises in the east, and the summer Milky Way sets in the west. In our morning sky, Venus rises about 90 minutes before sunrise. The Earth goes around the sun, but not in a perfect circle. We vary from 91.4 to 94.5 million miles. That's 147.1 to 152.1 million kilometers. On Saturday, January 2nd, we will be at our closest point to the sun, which means we're traveling at our fastest on that day, 18.6 miles per second. Yes, even while sitting in a traffic jam, you're still moving 18 miles per second. I recall in the mid-1960s, I had just got my two-inch refractor telescope, my first telescope, and I wanted to see the planet Uranus. However, it did not rise until near midnight, which was well past my bedtime, except for on New Year's Eve. My parents let me stay up until midnight, and I finally picked up the planet Uranus a few minutes into the new year in 1966. Every year on New Year's Eve, as we move into the new year at midnight, go outside and look at the sky. The brightest star in the sky, Cirrus, will be high in your southern sky, about as high as it gets, and near your central meridian, the imaginary line passing through the celestial poles and overhead, running north-south. That's what you see from the northern hemisphere and the equatorial zones. 
if you live south of 16 degrees south, then Sirius will be high in your northern sky, about as high as it gets at midnight your time. Go out and look every year, as I do. Last week, I suggested some New Year resolutions for amateur astronomers as we go into a new year. 2021 is on your doorstep asking you to come out and play. How about joining an astronomy club or learning a new aspect of astronomy, such as meteor watching, satellite observing, asteroids, comets, major planets, the moon, or solar? There is so much to do and so much variety. We do have a meteor shower this week, but the moon will interfere. It's called the Quadrantids, quads for short, named after a constellation that no longer exists. The radiant, the area from where the meteors appear to originate, is a bit north of the end of the handle of the Big Dipper. That part of the sky rises a little before midnight, at about the same time the moon rises. This year, the meteor shower is to reach its peak on January 3rd at 1430 Universal Time. These meteors appear to originate from the asteroid 2003 EH1. This asteroid appears to be related to comet 1490Y1, which is related to a comet that I discovered in 1986, which is known as 96P slash Machholz 1. This whole system is called the Machholz Complex. Yes, it's a thing, the Machholz Complex. Look it up. I did not name it that. Astronomers did when they realized the comet I discovered is related to two comet groups, eight meteor showers, and at least one asteroid. This weekly podcast began a year ago. We are now at episode number 52. I release them each Tuesday, and they are effective from that Wednesday through the following Tuesday. Those who observe mainly during the weekends will find the information they need for that weekend in each week's show. Each episode is written beforehand, and that takes about 10 hours per week. The episodes average 25 minutes, but range from 14 to 35 minutes. Looking up with Don, a name suggested by my wife Michelle, can be found on most podcast platforms, and it's always on my website, donmacholtz.com. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, December 30th through Tuesday, January 5th? It all depends upon your location. The ISS appears as a bright, slow-moving star going across the sky with several minutes of visibility. For me, the most interesting part of the passage is near the end, when it enters the Earth's shadow and slowly dims. If you are tracking it in binoculars, you can usually see it for several additional seconds. Through a telescope, you can follow it deep into the Earth's shadow. This week we have six zones. All you need to know is your latitude.
Those north of 63 degrees north won't see it at all this week. Between 37 and 63 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky sometimes twice per night. Between 32 and 37 degrees north, a narrow band, the ISS will be in your morning sky, but beginning during the second half of the week. Between minus 15 degrees latitude and plus 32 degrees latitude, the equatorial region, you won't see it at all this week. As we continue moving south, between minus 50 degrees and minus 15 degrees, the International Space Station will be in your evening sky for at least part of the week. And south of minus 50 degrees, it will not be visible at all. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. Now for the comets that you can see this week. The positions, the right ascension and declination of these comets can be found on Podcast 48, Comet Positions. You can also get the positions of these comets from heavens-above.com. Comet Howell, 88P, is magnitude 11.0. It is dimming in our southern evening sky. Periodic Comet Howell is plotted on Podcast 52, Map 1 and Map 3. Comet 141P, Machholz 2, is presently magnitude 11 to 12 in the southwestern evening sky. On January 5th, it passes 2 degrees south of the planet Neptune. It is labeled on Podcast 52, Maps 1 and 3. Photos of this comet are posted on my website. Comet 2020M3 Atlas continues at magnitude 10 in the northern winter Milky Way in the constellation Auriga. On January 2nd, it passes one-half degree west of the star Capella. This one is plotted on Podcast 52, Maps 1 and 2. Last year at this time, the star Betelgeuse was in the news. And on the podcast, I talked about it every week. Betelgeuse is a variable star, and it dimmed much more than normal. In time, it recovered. But let's make a magnitude estimate of it this week. This is an exercise for the unaided eye. Podcast 52, Map 4, can be used to make this estimate. Go out in the evening and compare Betelgeuse to the other stars on the map. Remember, the lower the number, the brighter the star. The higher the number, the fainter the star. Betelgeuse normally ranges from magnitude 0.0 to 1.6. So what is the magnitude this week? For those with binoculars, weather permitting, now is a good time to watch moonrise through your binoculars. See if you get the three-dimensional effect. The moon will rise about an hour later each night, and the moonrise point is north of due east. This is also a good photo opportunity. Our telescopic 
object this week is a galaxy M74. It is plotted on Podcast 52, Map 5. It is one of the most difficult Messe objects to observe. It has low surface brightness and is not very bright. During the Messe Marathon, it is the second object we find, and then it is low in the western sky, competing with haze, twilight, and zodiacal light. During the late March Messe Marathons, it is the most difficult object to see in the evening sky. Stephen James O'Meara, in his book, The Messe Objects, calls it the phantom due to its difficulty of observation. But at this time, it is high in the sky and and much easier to see. In large telescopes, this face-on spiral galaxy has earned the name Grand Design Spiral Galaxy because it looks like the perfect spiral galaxy. I estimate the magnitude at 9.1, and it being nine arc minutes in size. It contains about a hundred billion stars. When I look for M74, I start with star number 99, plotted on the map, and move toward the wide double star, 2.2 degrees to the northeast. The galaxy is about midway between star 99 and the double star. During the marathon, when the galaxy is not readily visible, I go all the way to that wide double star and work my way back to M74. Once you do find M74, look at it, see if you can see some of the arms spiraling around from the center. Increase the magnification and see how that helps. To recap the podcast for this coming week, The moon is moving into our morning sky this week, and the meteor shower, the quads, will be on January 3rd. Make a magnitude estimate of Betelgeuse, and with binoculars, watch the moon rise. See M74 through a telescope. The evening sky has three comets to observe, now with the moon out of the sky. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don. Podcast number 52 for December 30th, 2020. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at donastronomer.com at gmail.com Once again, that is donastronomer at gmail.com God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. Wait, Wait a minute, wait a minute, stop the music. I almost did not make it to this week. On Christmas Eve, last Thursday, I was in a farming accident a large dirt plow that I was riding on overturned, and I ended up underneath it. I suffered a smashed ear, a concussion, and abrasions, but in the long term, I'll be okay. It could have been much worse. 
It can happen that fast. I know that, and you know that too. I'm fortunate to be here. So, God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We'll discuss what's up in the sky. I'll have new objects for us to observe, and we will be counting stars. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.